0: And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. Colts fans, you just heard some NFL draft talk. Don't worry, a lot more is coming down the pike. So in what is going to be a very busy offseason with quarterback conversations, with head coach discussions, make sure you're liking and downloading the Blue Horseshoe Pod to make sure you get everything up to date uh, on all things Colts. So we do thank Eric for joining on here, George. And so just to kind of react to quickly what Eric was talking about, I think it's, very interesting when you kind of hear like the pool outside of Bryce Young. There's a lot of questions about almost every quarterback out there. The more at least I hear and we'll dive into it more specifically next week, Anthony Richardson. But the more I kind of hear the question about other quarterbacks, the more I think if you're the Colts, maybe it is worth taking the risk on a guy that could absolutely be the biggest bust in the first round and maybe of the entire draft in Richardson. But like I liked his Josh Allen comparison. Um, where it's like a similar size build and set kind of similar sized, um, stature where the games could be similar if, if Richards is able to kind of live up to, uh, to the hype.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I always wonder one of the things Chris Ballard always talks about that I always thought was really intelligent, uh, is, you know, when you are drafting these guys, where you draft them is important so that there's a difference. If, if Richardson's the number five or number seven pick, wherever the Colts are, than if he's the number 17 just in terms of fans expectations and in terms of you know what's expected of him from his teammates coming in and so I think that'll be an interesting calculus in all this too do you feel like you can take this guy where the Colts are going to be picking I almost feel like if they had had the season you expected them to have it might be a better spot to take Anthony Richardson down there towards the end of the first first round than than now Um, I'm biased and I think I'm gonna be for a while I've made that clear at times before but I I'm still on the Hinton and Hooker train. I, I really feel like if you can't get Bryce Young, take a flyer on Hinton and Hooker in in the second round and and see how that works out for you.
0: We talked to that, and I love that plan because in that in, in that model, if everything obviously goes to according to plan, you should be able to get whether it's a left tackle, whether it's a receiver, a corner, defensive, like you should be able to get a key piece in that top seven, maybe top five pick to address a big time need, and then, like you said. Get a quarterback in round two, maybe with Hennon and Hooker, and you kind of are able to maybe address both positions, kind of kill two birds or one stone there in the first two rounds, which would be huge, or first three rounds even. You know, we'll see what Henn and Hooker stock is look like uh, as we get closer to the draft. But I think also another interesting part, whether it's and Hooker, whether it's Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. I think it's pretty obvious outside of Bryce Young, if the Colts are, aren't able to get him, which outside this, George, I will try my hardest. I'm already tweeting at the Texans social media. I hope Cal McNair is looking because that's the one guy who would be able to screw it up and maybe get convinced into another quarterback. But if it's not Bryce Young, I think the Colts are best off next year running back on Matt Ryan and having this quarterback whoever they draft. Not sit the entire year. Um, but I think at least half the season, maybe sit and learn. And there's not – you know, many guys better to learn from than Matt Ryan has been around the block, as we know, for this would be, I believe, year 16 for him next year. It's good, it's a uh, great learning lesson if if that is the plan.
1: Yeah, and I, I would throw CJ Shroud into that group, too. I, I'm 100% Same. with you. I think anybody outside of Bryce Young probably needs that that year to sit. And I think Eric, you know, really backed that up with, with a lot of what he was saying. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how this quarterback class shakes out. he was talking about levis seems to be the guy that's on the rise there are some people who think he's the number one guy in this draft i certainly hope houston's thinking that way and i encourage that thought from the texans Uh, i think will levis is definitely the biggest star in this draft there's no question about it they absolutely need to to go and and not pass a guy like that up number one overall uh but no you know I, i think outside of bryce young that's why i keep going back to hooker if it's not bryce young I think Cannon hooker fits perfectly what you were talking about. He's not going to be ready anyway, probably till later in the year, bring him in, let him go through the film, let him watch Matt Ryan, let him come back on his time. And maybe around this time next year, he could get in some short yardage packages, get some looks and, and who knows the season's gone this way again. Maybe he can even take over and start a few games late, but uh, I just, that's sort of where my mind is right now. And I'm sure that will evolve as we start talking to people and, taking a, a deeper look at this class.
0: Absolutely. And I think it almost in a way too, eases the pressure a little bit. Cause again, you're not throwing them to the fire week one. If you're not ready, like I'm a firm believer, no matter who you pick, where you pick, if they're not ready to play, you can't just throw them out there and just sink or swim. You got to at least give them a, a chance to succeed, put them in a position to succeed. And I mean that one of the best ways to do that is kind of like I said, easing them in, allowing them to learn from that rhyme, maybe avoid one or two rookie bumps in the road, by just watching and learning. And look, I mean, we I think at least I'll speak for myself. I think next year this office line will be better. I think whether it's a new coach, whether it's just shaking off a bad year, it happens to you know, even some of the best players in the NFL. You come back next year, refocus, ready to go, but there's no guarantee. Like, I also don't feel comfortable throwing even Bryce Young week one. I wouldn't feel, I mean, I put him on the field, I wouldn't feel great about it. I'll say that putting him on this office line where there's really not a guarantee that this is going to be better, you know? Yeah. So, like, it is a question mark still. So, you sit him. You have Matt Ryan kind of take some lumps and still some wisdom. I think mean, it could work out to whoever the Colts do draft could work to their benefit in the long run, which again, next year, you're not turning around, right? It's not going to be an Andrew Luck when he comes in year one in the playoffs. It's going to be a process. So if you treat it like that, I think that's the best and the fastest way for the Colts to kind of get back on track and be a playoff contender sooner rather than later is by kind of taking their time and giving the rookie, whoever it is, a chance to actually succeed in this offense.
1: Yeah, I I agree 100%. I think the most important thing here is having a plan for whoever you take. I think that's number one. You know, whoever it is, know what you're doing coming in. What offense are you going to run? How are you going to work to their strengths? That I think that's where people make mistakes. When you just go down the order and you say, okay, you know, this is the third quarterback on the board and we're just going to take him because the first two are gone, you have to have that not just the conviction, but you have to know what you want to do. Who's coaching him? You know, what are you, what are you emphasizing? What does he need to work on? How can you best, you know, use him? How can you highlight what he does best? And I think all those guys, Bryce Young included, that's the most important thing. You're going to take a quarterback in the first round, especially have a, a very clear definitive plan. Is he going to start right away? If he's not, what are you working on? You know, and so that when he gets in there, he hits the ground running.
0: Couldn't agree more. I think you're hundred percent right. And it's, yeah, that, that's the big, and that's why this head coaching search is going to be so important for whoever the Colts to decide, because like I said, that's going to kind of be the first indication of which direction they possibly could go in, because like I said, certain coaches, like certain schemes and certain players, and you're not going to draft a quarterback and try to make a, a square peg in, let's say, Will Levis, try to fit him into a round hole of, of let's just say, if I am going to take the Jim Harbaugh offense, right? you got to make sure it's married, and like I said, it makes the most sense, because again, when it comes to putting players in positions to succeed... The offensive quarterback—you have to be on the same page. You need continuity there, along with Chris Bowder as well. Picking the players, you know, that fit what the head coach wants. It all has to be a marriage. It all has to work in concert. And that, again, is part going with GM, head coach, quarterback, all having similar, you know, not values, but all fitting together nicely instead of just kind of mismatching, trying to force the quarterback into this certain system of an offense for a head coach, and but he's working with this kind of players because that's what the GM likes. It's you got to get on the same page. That's the biggest thing the Colts have to figure out. We've been talking about that for a while. So the last thing we'll say about the draft for now, and we're going to do a lot of draft insight, I believe every Thursday on the Blue Horseshoe Pod, we'll now kind of, since we did a general overview with Eric Edelman, we're going to dive deep now, George, into some specific quarterbacks. We believe Anthony Richardson is our plan, at least. We'll confirm that on Tuesday. But at least right now, our plan is to have, you know, a scout who has watched a lot of Anthony Richardson kind of come on next Thursday kind of really get in the ins and outs of Richardson's draft stock. So be tuned for that, Colts fans. The last thing I'll say is this. We really don't ask for much, right? outside so i just downloading, subscribing to the show. We haven't asked for anything else. I'm going to ask Colts fans for one thing here between now and the draft in April. Let's inundate. Let's flood the Texans with as much anti bryce Young, pro-Will Levis, pro-Anthony Richardson propaganda as you can find. I don't care if it's credible. I don't care if it's not credible. At this point, again, you, the Texans have lost all... Um, Benefit of that with some of their decision making. I mean, they allowed a guy in Jack Easterby, who was a team passing for the Patriots at one point, to basically rise up in power. So, crazy things happen down there in Houston. Let's do our best to at least try to push them off Bryce Young and hope the best quarterback in the draft falls to the Colts, or at least they're in a position to be able to draft Bryce Young. So, that's that's all I'm gonna ask. I've been doing it, I've been tweeting the Texans out the last three, four weeks constantly. Anything I see. Will Levis, one GM says Will Levis the best quarterback. Boom! There are the Texans. Make sure they see that. Send it off. Inundate them with the tweets. Let them know Bryce is not the one you want. The He's Bryce is not
1: right. Clearly too small. Clearly too small. Shoulder the injury. Too big of a question.
0: Not mobile enough.
1: Yeah. Out. He's smaller than me. And five. I mean, five eleven on everyone. Just five eleven.
0: I think that. is generous. Five ten and a half. Oof. Short.
1: Yeah. Too short. Way too short.
0: Uh this will be a fun offseason. I I just can't wait. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a very interesting one, to say the least. And speaking of which, let's just keep the chaos going here because it came out, um, according to Odd Checker yesterday on Wednesday that there is a if the Colts don't draft a Cordak in the first round, there could be another option for him. Because Aaron Rodgers, right quarterback of the Green Bay Packers right now, is under contract at least, but it's believed that maybe he could want to play somewhere else, getting frustrated with what has been a very down year for the Packers are gonna miss the playoffs. According to Odge Checker, they said if Aaron Rodgers is not on the Packers next year, decides he wants to play, but not in Green Bay, the odds on favor right now to land Aaron Rodgers, George, is
1: the, the Colts. Cool.
0: The Colts.
1: Let me ask you, this. you, would you know,
0: want Aaron Rodgers?
1: Pair him with Sean Payton, sure. You know, just go that way and go go all in for the 100%, all the chips in the middle of the table. And now Jim Mersey's
0: finally but, but, having his all chips in uh, mantra fulfilled.
1: I, You know, it's one of those things that I kind of laughed when I saw it because I thought, first of all, why would Aaron Rodgers want to come here? Like, uh, you know, what, what right now is better about the situation in Indy than what he went through? In green Bay this year. Um, although, you know, I'm not sure what, what the landscape's going to look like either. That's, that's one of the interesting things. You know, we've been talking a lot about head coaching situations and where people want to go, what spot might be open, where the quarterback situation's better. San Francisco is always going to be at the top of that list. I think that's the number one, uh, you know, destination. And obviously if, if he could get there or Tom Brady could get there, they would, I think immediately become the favorites in the NFC. If not in the NFL, um, but outside of that, is there really a team, you know, as I, as I think about it, outside of the 49ers, who are kind of the, the obvious answer, is there really a team where you say, well, if, if Aaron Rodgers went there, he would absolutely be in a better situation than he would be in Indianapolis?
0: This is tough because the owner's is so toxic. I think the commanders are in a position to, yep. to succeed where they do have a lot of talent offensive and defensively um and the NFC is easier i know you're you know he's in the NFC right now but the NFC is is objectively way easier to get the super bowl than it is the, a- the AFC for sure i'm trying to think like cuz like look the colts their defense is really good the colts rightfully so have have their reasons to be down they are 4-8-1 for a reason I guess that's the thing with, I wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers because I just don't think right now at this point, the Colts are a quarterback away from Super Bowl contention and we're talking about Super Bowl contention in a two-year window. Not like, oh, you get the next decade open. You have time to build a roster. It's, you get Aaron Rodgers, it's go time right now. You have, again, bare minimum two years or a maximum, I should say, two years of high-level play from Aaron Rodgers to figure it out. I just don't think the Colts would be able to capitalize that. Like, you got to potentially overhaul the offensive line. Like, again, we talked about it before about, I think they'll be better, but is that a guarantee? No. And when you're bringing Aaron Rodgers in, you, you don't want to leave anything a chance. So you think maybe overall the offense line, you got to bring in at least one other receiver that's you know dependable outside of Michael Pittman Jr. That's that's been able to have sustained success. Defense, you're pretty much good. Again, you could use another edge rusher for sure, but there's not a lot of changes there. But it's I think it's too much to ask of the Colts to make a run and win the AFC, win the Super Bowl in such a short time where it's actually worth it.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I think. I agree with, with hundred percent with everything you just said there. And I think that's the situation. I think most fans, probably most people listening to us right now want to get off the quarterback carousel, get off the veteran quarterback carousel. At least, you know, most people I think would prefer to, to bring in a young kid you know, whether it's first round pick, whether it's somebody like maybe a Cameron Ward or, or a Hinton hooker a little bit later uh, in the draft where if you can steal Anthony Richardson at the top of the second round, if he falls through, You know, I think all of those options are better options than, like you said, one or two years of Aaron Rodgers and going through what you've seen the last five years here, trying to acclimate a new quarterback into a new scheme and now throwing in a new coaching staff. I just don't think it's the right idea right now. You're going to have a new head coach. Give him somebody he can grow with. Don't give him, you know, a quarterback who's going to be here for a year or two. It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: And the I will say, the only thing I didn't think about that you mentioned that is intriguing, that maybe changes my answer. It still doesn't, but it makes me double, it gives you a pause a little bit. If Sean Payton were to come to Indy, I don't know if Sean Payton would sign up for like a two-year run um, with just Aaron Rodgers and kind of see what happens from there. Like he retired from the Saints because they didn't have a quarterback and he just was like, screw this. I got no real future and kind of left. So I don't know if the same thing would happen where it's like two or three years in Indy and then he's out as well if, if things don't work out. But it's just yeah, I'm, there's just too many questions and too many right now. Like I said, it's it's another, it's crazy to say about a two-time reigning MVP, but it is just another Band-Aid where you look at a guy who just turned 39 years old, like, and then here's another thing too, George. Like, is he on the decline? Like, I can't answer that definitively, but because I think also this year has been, you know, there's been issues outside of just him. It's been the offensive line. It's been the receivers. But it's not. Like it's that much better in Indy. It's not like all of a sudden you're, you know, where Tom Brady left New England and went to Tampa Bay and all of a sudden had this loads of talent on offense. He didn't have in his last year in New England. Now all of a sudden everything's better. You're not really doing that in green Bay. Like maybe there's a marginal upgrade because you know, you get Jonathan Taylor, although Aaron Jones is you good. I like Aaron Jones. Um And you can maybe say the, the offense sounds a little better, but Michael Pittman jr. Is really solid. He's probably the best receiver on either team, but the depth is comparable with the Packers and the Colts. So it's not like you said that much is changing from green Bay to Indy. And you're going to a more difficult conference. If you're Aaron Rodgers you're trying to win a super bowl, in leaving the NFC to go to the AFC. I don't think it works for either side.
1: No. No, it doesn't make sense to me. The only thing he could probably say is his division's more winnable. You know, if Tennessee continues to slide a little bit. Uh, you could feel like you'd rather try to beat them than Minnesota right now, maybe. Um, that's about it. Or maybe Chicago and Detroit are on the rise more so than, you know, Houston and Jacksonville might be. Although Jacksonville looks to be kind of starting to turn things around a little bit too. So, I don't know. I just It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I think – Really, the Colts again. You're going to have a new coaching staff. You're, you're starting fresh in a lot of ways. Uh, it's a perfect time to to bring in a young quarterback into that group and let them grow along with whatever it is you're trying to do for the next era of this franchise.
0: Without a doubt, and you got to think too. Bare minimum, one first round pick. You got to give up like maybe two first or second. Yeah. I have no idea, but it's a heavy cost that the Colts really could use, like I said, young developmental players in those positions instead of getting up for a 39-year-old Band-Aid quarterback who has a two-year window and the Colts right now aren't primed to win a Super Bowl And that, like I said, short two-year window. They win the division, maybe win a playoff game, but I don't think get to the ultimate prize that Aaron Rodgers is looking for in a very short uh, time frame. All right, before we get to the Vikings, uh, quick thoughts on Colts-Vikings here on Saturday, George. Let's get into some interesting Jim Irsay comments. He was there's a photo going on social media of him smoking a cigarette uh, on a golf cart at the owners meetings in Houston uh, earlier this week. I always said look like a boss. That that was not something I was expecting from uh, from Jim Mercy. That is for sure. But he also mentioned when it comes to the coaching search that you know he's basically going to kind of look everywhere, kind of over you know turn over every single rock. Whether it's he mentioned some college coaches that are nice. He mentioned some unknown coaches. Is it? We joked about it on Tuesday, George. Should we start getting those Andrew Luck to the Colts head coach rumors cheering up? Because guess what? That unknown coach, I would say Andrew Luck falls in that bucket.
1: I tell you, <laughs> that, that's a little scary. <laughs> after after the whole Jeff Saturday situation, it's a little scary to hear him throwing out unknown coaches uh just because it makes you wonder like Dan Orlovsky on this list, you know, who who are his unknown coaches uh that he's turning to philip rivers he's got the same experience level now as, oh. as jeff saturday you know is he ready to go uh i think he wants to to go and, and and coach his sons a little bit longer there in alabama but hey you know maybe you can convince him to drew come back Brees up is going to be the interim be at coach. purdue
0: for like three weeks maybe that's enough yeah. for him to be like you know what come on down uh drew you have no connection to the franchise but you're our next head coach
1: more experience than jeff saturday as well so True. I mean, at that point <laughs> we'll see i don't know it's That just scared me. I'll be quite honest. When I I heard uh, the college coaches, I mean, everyone's going to take that in one direction, pretty obviously. Uh, I think everybody knows which college coach this team might be aiming for. But I thought there's maybe some others. I was trying to think I was going to write about that uh, for Thursday edition. So by the time you're listening to this, it should be up at haroldbolton.com. Trying to think of some other guys who might fit in the college ranks. And I thought one that came to mind right away was Ryan Day because we've talked about him a little bit here, a little bit of pressure on him in Columbus right now with back-to-back losses to his big rival. Maybe it's the right time for him to to look for an out and go to the NFL. And maybe that's a situation where we've talked before about trading up to that number two pick. You have to have conviction with more than one guy. Maybe that's a situation where you tell Ryan Day you're going to trade up to number two and you're either getting Bryce Young or you're getting C.J. Stroud, who he knows and, and has a real history with. You know, I don't know. That's that's one possibility. Uh, another name that came to mind was Dabo Sweeney, uh, just with things sliding a little bit in Clemson. And maybe, I don't think it's a very good chance, but maybe he's fed up with NIL and some of the things they have to deal with now as college coaches you didn't have to deal with when Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson were dominating for him. You know, maybe he's a name that would, would, would have some interest. I think it's a small percentage, but it's a name that I popped with. And then the wild card for me is Josh Heupel. Uh, he hasn't been at Tennessee long, but I think you've got sort of a profile that Lincoln Riley had early in his career, where you've got a guy with an offense that's obviously innovative. That's really taking things by storm. So I think there's little teeny chance there as well. Uh, but maybe he's a guy, if you're looking outside the box and we know Jim mercy is not afraid to do that, that you maybe no. go Josh in the Josh Heupel direction.
0: Here's a thought for you. Now I will be honest. I'm not the biggest Dabo Sweeney fan. So there's a, I'm trying to be objective here. I, like this is going to come off a little biased, but I think I'm. I'm being uh, a little bit objective as well. I think he'd be a bigger disaster as head coach than Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer was a nightmare. I mm-hmm. like. I just. That's a guy that I don't think jives in the NFL whatsoever. I think players would roll their eyes at his all his sayings. And there's a lot of BS you deal with in, in college for sure. There's also a lot of BS you deal with in the NFL and you can't really mm-hmm. treat them like, like babies, like kind of Dabo kind of wants to try to do, uh, kind of controlling. Uh, that would be, I would be pissed. I'll be honest. It's Dabo. The one that's interesting. Josh Hypo's is interesting. Cause you know what, when Eric even talked about kind of hand and hooker a little bit in the offense, I'm like, would it be the crazy thing in the world? If you draft 10 hooker and just look for how successful he was in the offense at Tennessee, to bring to the NFL, like be interesting. It'd be interesting. Sort I still with would have Jim Harbaugh
1: on number one, with, but... You know, sort of what the Cardinals tried with the Kyler Murray-Cliff Kingsbury thing. I know Murray didn't play for him, but that Kingsbury wanted him to. He recruited him. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It would, it would be a very interesting look there, and I think Heupel's a guy that, like I said, I, I think he's in a situation now where maybe Lincoln Riley was when he first took over at Oklahoma, you know, where, where there's a lot of people very intrigued by just the new ideas. He has the new thoughts that he has. Um, people, you know, when it was just UCF, you can kind of point it, well, the level, but now he's done it in the sec. So no NFL ties. And I think that's, you know, both him and Dabo, that would be a big concern. I think Ryan day, I want to say he had a cup of coffee. as like a quarterback's coach somewhere. Maybe the jets or the um, bears.
0: I feel like I got to double check, but I feel like it's, or, or maybe the bears are interested. Somewhere. That I, like, yeah, I think you're right. He definitely did have like a year or two on an NFL staff. I think you're right about that.
1: So there'd be at least a little bit there. And then obviously Harbaugh, you know, has has a really good track record with 49ers. And, and I think is a guy that uh, if he does make it known that he wants to be back in the NFL, will be highly sought after during this this hiring cycle. But uh, it's hard to come up with co- college names. I mean, that's part of it. Like even Dabo, because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's a really good chance he's an Urban Meyer level disaster waiting to happen. It's really hard when you look around. I mean, Matt Campbell's name will probably come up again because it seems to all the time, but he's he's kind of, I think the Bloom's kind of off the rose there a little bit at, at uh, Iowa State. I mean, maybe a guy like Sonny Dykes at, at TCU or Mark Stoops at Kentucky, program builder types. I, I don't know. Like, it's hard. For me, it's really hard to come up with, with candidates from the college ranks right now.
0: One name I would have been intrigued by that I think took himself out of consideration just from the move he made was David Shaw. All right, David Mm -hmm. Shaw, that's been another guy who's been a popular name thrown around. But I think him retiring from or stepping away from Stanford, I think, is an unofficial retirement. The the program has backslid the last few years anyway, so it's not like you know there's a lot of success to point to in recent time for him to kind of justify being the next head coach. But I do think him kind of stepping away, I think more signals, maybe he's a little bit done with coaching. I think maybe if he was to go to the NFL, almost like in a more GM sort of role. Um, cause they do bring him on. I think it's NFL. I believe it's NFL network is the network he's on like draft. He's always on TV come draft time. He's always talking about, you know, prospects, stuff like that. I could see him kind of come in the NFL more in that role than a head coach, but that's been a name in recent years, at least that's always kind of been talked about. And he'd be interesting. Cause he's kind of, I mean, obviously he took over for Jim Harbaugh at Stanford when Harbaugh left to go to the 49ers, but they're kind of like in that CEO role and mode, I think, which could bode well for the NFL. But like I said, I think with him retiring or again, stepping away from Stanford's resigning, is probably the word I should use that's proper here. I think kind of takes him out of at least any sort of coaching in any sort of role in the immediate future. And obviously with the Colts looking for a head coach now, I don't think he's under consideration. But that would be one I would be intrigued by um, until that move was made.
1: Yeah, no, I always thought about that, uh, especially when Andrew Luck was here, about David right. Shaw possibly coming in and, and and rejoining him there. Um I don't know. Like I said, I, I think that goes, you know, you, you bringing up that name. I think it just goes to, to, to speak to the idea that I just don't see a lot of guys. I mean, not very many college coaches succeed anyway at the NFL level. And the ones that do almost all have some kind of previous NFL experience. Either they played in the NFL like Mike Vrabel or they coach on an NFL staff, which he had also done, you know, as a defense coordinator in Houston. Um, it, it's really hard. I, I just think it's really tough to find anybody from the college ranks. Uh, and it, that's why that comment kind of scared me. I mean, if Irsay's main and, and he didn't point. say that that's his main focus, but if his main focus is college coaches and whatever unknown coaches means, uh, it's just uh, to me, it's, it's a little bit frightening.
0: That's a good point. Cause you are, I think we are seeing a separation now in coaching more than ever, where there's not a lot of blending between college and NFL and vice versa. NFL coaches going to college. Like you don't really see too much where college coaches stay in their lane. NFL coach stay in their lane. Cause it is so different and you've not seen a lot of success stories for the most part of coaches kind of intermingling either way. Like with the latest example, I was Matt Rule in Carolina. That was a, a disaster. I and mean, he didn't make, you know, two and a half years on the job. And that was a guy who built up Temple, who built up Baylor. So had a good record of success in college, could not replicate, the, uh, replicate that in the NFL. I know he's, you know, not a recent NFL head coach, but Herm Edwards went to Arizona State. That was an utter disaster. Lovey Smith at Illinois. That was a disaster. So it's like you, I think you're right where outside of Jim Harbaugh, there is Ryan day. I would definitely be intrigued. At. Like I wouldn't hate it, but I'd have questions outside of those two names. Like, I don't think there's really a college coach out there. Cause like I said, the track record for success from college to NFL with no experience is basically zero. And it's just, it's not like, it's not really a situation where like I said, there's a lot of candidates that are jumping off the page anyway, that have NFL experience. So like I said, that, is, that is concerning because there's not a lot of guys outside of the top of the big 10, no one in college. I think you should be looking at right now.
1: I mean, I guess, you know, Lincoln Riley's name was the big, the big hot name for a long time. But he's not leaving USC after one year. I, right. I can't see that. i be intrigued,
0: but he's not leaving. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. I, I I would throw him on there. I just can't see him go, especially with Caleb Williams coming back. Uh, right. it would be a, a really bad move by him uh, to leave and Jerry USC. Jerry Jones right now. felt
0: like what gave him a blank check for like a few years of the Cowboys trying to court yeah. him over there, and it never yep. it never
1: worked so I don't think it's going to work now the other one you know there's NFL connections there but you want to talk about like checkered past and in and, in and, and, you know really is Lane Kiffin um you know I don't know he's he's done well at Mississippi but he does have NFL experience uh but yeah you know, I, I don't know that would be a really I'd like to see Twitter would be a lot of fun with, with that oh, move
0: that w- our jobs, I think, would be the easiest job in the world, George, because Lane would mm-hmm. give us something every single day to react to to talk about. it would be a fun two years, three years, like <laughs> he's what here's what in Oakland for one year. So maybe yeah. he learned a little bit and it'll double his time, but that does he I think he found where he belongs in the SEC. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. So Jim Mercy had a little fuel to the fire here talking about college coaches not college coach college coaches and some unnamed unknown coaches is there, outside of Luck? is there anyone else that's unknown that we could actually be like discussing here
1: phil rivers I mean, that's the only and, other name that that comes to mind i think of it is you can literally just go through roster, you know since 95 when when ursay became the owner and and pick a name you know i mean pierre garcon he's an unknown coach right i mean i don't know it's 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 strange uh, that that one to me really stood out because it makes you wonder what he might be planning. Who who might he be looking at? Was it the Browns were were rumored to have Condoleezza Rice on their, yeah. their team list? You know, uh, is it something like that? I, I don't know. You know, is there an army general out there he's got his eye on? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Ken Neal Montololo was
0: just like go by Navy. You want to go to the triple option? I kind of do, honestly.
1: I, I, I still think. <laughs> That's Ellinger's best pro offense in my mind. You, you come in there, run the triple option, uh, bring in Coach Ken from Navy. Why not? I'm down with that.
0: You have Jonathan Taylor. You probably need at least one fullback, maybe you know a few wingbacks. You got Michael Foon Jr. so you can get rid of the other receivers.
1: You could re-sign Paris Campbell. He was a running back in high school. He could probably run the wing T. There, there we go. Let it go that way, and pfft, off you go, right?
0: Draft another running back at like pick seven? If John Robertson from Texas, just go all in on running backs and offensive linemen and let's roll.
1: Yeah, Blake <laughs> Corham's a horseshoe guy, right? I mean, That's he was true. giving Thanksgiving dinners out. I mean, he's, he's a horseshoe guy. Just make it all work.
0: There we go. The trip there. There's the unknown coach folks. Can Neil Montalolo right. going back to the triple option. He's coming from Navy right to Indy. <laughs> oh, this will be, this is going to be an interesting few weeks here, George. We got one month to go before the chaos starts, but boy, oh boy, it's going to be fun. We just fixed
1: the 2023 Colts right there. It's done. It works <laughs> over.
0: Quarterback. We found the quarterback. There's Sam Ellinger. You found the mm-hmm. head coach. You found you – know, we're playing to their strengths. Maybe George usually okay. the next head coach or the GM. There
1: you go. I've I, I, I said before and I'll say it again. I'm ready to cash checks. I want to be <laughs> one of those like CEO head coaches that I'll just delegate, do no work, none whatsoever. If, if if they win, I'll take all the credit. If they lose, I'll blame all my assistants, and I'll just cash checks that's that's my that's my philosophy that's my vision for the future
0: just work on that bonus make sure that's all guaranteed and you are good to go mm-hmm. so jim if you want an unknown candidate george is throwing his, his george we're on video george is now wearing a hat right now because his hat is officially in the ring
1: that's right it's it's officially <laughs> in the ring and i'm right that's my vision for the future right there i'll take all the credit none of the blame and i'll cash the checks mr Ursa, i'm ready to do it i'm ready <laughs>
0: You know from what you're getting. There's no mystery there with, with George Bremer, as the next head coach of the Colts. That is for sure. All right. So it's been a lot of offseason talk with quarterbacks and head coaches, but we do have a game on Saturday. Saturday, set your alarms. Get get ready. Don't miss this prime time or, or standalone game, one o'clock Colts Vikings. We'll give you a quick breakdown from the Blue Horseshoe Pod. does return.